Welcome to the house of God this morning. I was blessed with the song service we had, just worshiping together, singing God's praises, songs of worship and reverence before him. <clears throat> so I have to share this morning... Uh, the title he gave it is Overflowing for Others, and that might give a little hint in what the subject is too, I guess. <clears throat> um, so I had a little bit of a hard time getting all my thoughts together when I was studying some, and so hopefully it all makes sense as I share. And The things I have to share is not necessarily a new subject, and it's not something I feel like I've attained and now I'm showing you how to do it. It's more what God's been showing me. And some of it comes down to some of the, I don't know what you'd call it, relationship issues that are going on right now and just trying to figure out, you know, what is my responsibility in some of those things as a brother and as a member of the church body just to try to think through some of those things myself. And I guess my main goal this morning is to provoke us to love and to good works, and um, I could hope it can be an encouragement to all of us. <clears throat> so I think it all comes down to sort of the main thrust of what I have to say this morning. There's a thought that came to me that we can't really separate the the relationship issues that we're facing from personal revival in each of our lives. And I think that's um, reflected in quite a bit of scripture where it talks about how we have to love our brother if we love God. If we say that we love God, we will love our brother. And we are our brother's keeper. And also just the whole thought of, you know, if, if everyone in church is fully revived and loving God, the things of um, the smaller issues that we can easily get offended at or we can get bent out of shape about or whatever can sometimes kind of fade away in their importance as we look to God. So in it all, I want to do my part and just want to see what my responsibility what my responsibility is through it all. So first and foremost, when we're dealing with any relationship issues, or any church issues for that matter, is we need God. And just seeing my own need of like personal revival and seeking Him, we need open communication with Him. We need daily food from His Word. We need his spirit within us to guide us. And we need to love him with our whole heart and soul and mind and strength. And just earnestly seeking him for his direction. <clears throat> and in that, we need him to teach us how to respond to others and how to um, communicate with others and how to... Um, how to work through any relationship issues, how to, um, how to respond Christ-like. 
And I think that is, yeah, vitally important, just our communication with Christ and our devotion to him. And we need him to teach us throughout each of these areas. We need life from him to feed our souls, for us to be fed. And I think that is one of the key elements that I see in my own life in that you know, if I'm going to be a blessing to others, if I'm going to overflow to others, I have to be fed. I have to be overflowing. And that is something that God has been showing me. And first and foremost, we need God personally in our own life. We need to be tapped into that source of life. There's a songwriter that wrote these words, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And just considering that, when we look at Christ, when we look at the cross, we look at his suffering, we look at his love and his glory and the grace that he pours out to all of us, suddenly the little problems we're facing don't seem so significant after all, and we can easier overlook things. And even as it says in the... um, when in the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I think it helps do that when we put it in perspective with what Christ has forgiven us. It's a lot easier for us to forgive little trespasses against us. So yeah, it really, it puts things in perspective when we look to Christ. And it helps us see things differently. We also know that, like I said earlier, if we love God, we will love our brother also. And even in, um, I think it's in First John, where it says, He that loveth not knoweth not God. So it's obviously a very important issue that if we're not loving God, we're not loving our brother. And if we're not loving our brother, we're not loving God, even if we think we are. So all that just goes to speak of the importance of having personal revival in our own heart. You know, as we consider our life and examine ourselves, as I examine myself, do I love my brother? Do I love God? Do I love him enough that the things of life and the little difficulties start growing dim as I look at Christ's love and what he has done for me? And then sort of the second part of this is that we need God so that we can overflow to others. And so obviously the first part is very important that we ourselves are fed. But it's not feeding us just so that we can be fed and go home satisfied, but also so that we can overflow to others. There's a song that says it very well, and I think we even sang it last Sunday. It sort of got my mind thinking on some of these things. Just want to read some of it. It's number 896. 
It's the song, Lord, speak to me. It says, Lord, speak to me, that I may speak in living echoes of thy tone. And just that thought of, you know, not asking God to speak to us so that we can hear from him ourselves and go away happy and fed. But just the thought of seeking God and seeking for his direction so that he speaks to us so that we know how to speak to others so that our words can be in living echoes of his tone. And then um, in verse 2 it talks about Oh, strengthen me, that while I stand firm on the rock and strong in thee, I may stretch out a loving hand to wrestlers with the troubled sea. And just the thought of God strengthening us, not just so that we can stand by ourselves on a rock. You know, we often talk about standing on a rock or being on a firm foundation or whatever, but as the song points out, the reason for that is that we can stretch out a loving hand to wrestlers with the troubled sea. Just to those around us, even in our own congregation, to others in the community, but specifically those in our congregation especially. So I'm focusing on this morning, just so we can you know, not be fed and not be hearing from God just to feed ourselves and to stand on our own rock while that is important and it is necessary to have stable footing if you're going to help reach out a hand to someone. But then the second part is also important that we do it and reach out to others. So why do we need to why do we need the Lord to speak to us and so that we can speak in a living echo of his tone? And why do we need the strength is so that we can reach out a loving hand? And then the, the last verse there says, Oh, fill me with thy fullness, Lord, until my very heart o'erflow in kindling thought and glowing word. Thy love to tell, thy praise to show. And just a thought, why do we need to be filled? It's not just to satisfy our needs. It's so we can overflow. And I think that should be all of our prayer. It is my prayer that God would fill me with his fullness. Not just so that I can be filled, but so that I can overflow to others. In kindling thought, that word kindling is just the idea of like something that's easy to... Um, get a fire going it's something that is it's not just a big chunk of wood a big old glob of wood but it's something that's easy to um, easy to get a fire going and just thinking of our our words helping some you know maybe a smoldering ember or something that it can be a kindling thought that helps spark a spark a flame of um of love and devotion, whatever. And then the whole goal of that is thy love to tell, thy praise to show. So as we 
hear God speak and as we strive to stand on that rock and as we reach out a loving hand and as we are filled, that the end goal could be to show his love and to tell his praises. The author of the song was meditating on a verse in Isaiah and sort of penned this out of their own life's experiences and as they were pondering Isaiah and I might just read that in Isaiah chapter 50 just one verse there Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And again, that echoes sort of the same thought that God isn't giving us wisdom or, as it says here, the tongue of the learned, just for our own benefit, but it's so that we can speak a word in season to him that is weary. And also just thinking then of, you know, speaking a word in season. I believe it's in Proverbs where it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And, you know, our words can hurt and our words can bring life. And I think that is an important aspect even, you know, as part of the overflowing is the words we say. Obviously that is a large part of it. And there's in Isaiah, or sorry, in Proverbs, um, chapter 15, talks about the the mouth of a righteous man being a well of life. And as we as we hear from God, and as He plants us on that rock, I think it is only fitting that our words we say become a well of life to those around us as we overflow to others. There's another song I want to read some from. December 620. And I think this song is, well, the song is Rescue the Perishing. And it's specifically for evangelism, but there was a few things in here that um, stood out to me as I was thinking on them and considering how this would even fit into a church setting. It talks about in verse 1, weeping or the erring one, lifting up the fallen. And just thinking, you know, Knowing there are people in our lives all around us, in the church, our neighbors, whatever, that are hurting, that are fallen even, and and just seeing my responsibility to weep over them and to do my part to lift them up and just in our own seeking God to be able to be um, to be there to lift up those that are fallen and to um, 
to do our part in that. And then in verse 3 of that song, it says, Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. And there may be um, crushed feelings around us. And I do believe that grace can restore them. And then it says, Touched by a loving heart, awakened by kindness, chords that are broken will vibrate once more. And I think those crushed and broken things, as we interact with them in a loving way, with a, as it says, a loving heart, and awakened by kindness, I think we can be a tool in God's hand to bring restoration for those um, broken or crushed feelings to have grace flowing where there was injury and where there's um, hurts. So as I was even thinking of this song, just the thought came to me, am I and are you the loving heart that will touch these hurts? Is my kindness, is your kindness helping those broken cords to vibrate again? You know, our tongue has the power of life in it. And the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. And so just a thought, am I seeking that life from God for our brethren, for our brothers, for others in the community. And just thinking of the the phrase there where it says that grace can restore it. And I think many times the grace of God is... Um, easiest to understand when you see an example of it lived out and many times that can be part of our responsibility as brothers in the church to show other brothers what grace looks like lived out and I think through that it can bring um, restoration especially when it's mixed with the, the loving heart and kindness that it talks about there so just thinking from my own life in my own quiet time is God real to me is he real to you are we drawing water from that well of life both for myself and for those around me overflowing to all those I come in contact with I don't think we should be satisfied and I don't want to be satisfied with just having my devotions to satisfy my own needs and going about my day with little thought to those around me or to what they may be facing. Do we love our brother enough to draw out water for them too from that well of life? And if our brother is weary or thirsty... Is it because we're not overflowing ourselves? And I think we do have a responsibility to to provide that living water, as it were, for our brother, to draw it and to be able to overflow for them. 
And if we love God and we love our brother, there will be grace flowing from God through us to our brother. And that's where the healing can happen is when there's um, that love flowing and that grace flowing. And when we, as we get closer to God, we get closer to our brother. And I think it's been illustrated already like as a triangle where God's at the top and we're down here with our brother. And as we get closer to God, we'll automatically be drawing closer together as we go up the triangle. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> you know, just like we can measure our love for God by our love for our brothers, I think we can measure our love for God by how much we are overflowing for our brothers. Obviously, if we're if we're not concerned at all with what our brothers are going through, if we're not concerned about overflowing for them, you could call into question if we are um, loving God as much as we should be. <clears throat> Back to the first song I mentioned, Lord, speak to me. There's actually, I believe, seven verses to that song, and there's <clears throat> there's two songs are right across the page from each other, and one of them has some of the verses, and the other one has the rest of the verses. But the um, in the other song, it has a verse that wasn't in the first one I mentioned. Um, in the end of verse 2 it says oh feed me lord that i may feed thy hungering ones with manna sweet and just the whole concept that you know yes our brothers can have a relationship with god and they can be fed that way but just like the children of israel were dependent on god to provide them with manna in the wilderness in a similar way i think our brothers depend on us to to help bring that manna to them, or I think they should be able to depend on us for that, that we can, um, that we seek God to feed us so that we can feed others, to feed thy hungering ones with manna sweet. And then the last verse says, O oh, use me, Lord, use even me, just as thou wilt, and when and where, and just that is my prayer as I consider this whole thing in, in relationships and in the church brotherhood and knowing what my part is. My prayer would be that God could use me just as he would when and where. <clears throat> and again, I don't think we can separate corporate issues or um, whatever from our own personal revival. Because if we don't have personal revival, there won't be corporate revival. And we all have a part to do in it. And when we were doing our, going around interviewing different ones, there was one brother that gave that as a suggestion for something we could do for the... Um, for some of the issues we're facing is that we could have revival and 
well, it might seem like something you could sort of chuckle at as I was thinking on I think that is a legitimate solution to our problems or to the issues that are at hand is that we have personal revival because personal revival leads to corporate revival and we all have a part to do in that. And I think, yeah, if everyone is full and overflowing and everyone is turning their eyes to Jesus, looking on his face, looking at his love and his forgiveness, then, yeah, all those things that we face can sort of fade away, so to speak, in the light of his glory and grace. So yeah, I hope that could be an encouragement to all of us. I want to do my part in building up the body and seeking God for food that I can be overflowing for others. And hopefully we can all grow together in grace and in healing and that there can be life flowing from each of us to our other brothers. I guess that's all I have to share. God bless.